Oh, it's been such a great Sunday. If you're here for the first time, you're in for a real treat today. Uh, I don't say that lightly. God is up to something. And it's not about us, it's about Jesus. He loves his church, he really does. And, uh, and whether you kind of have the whole church thing worked out in your mind or whether you're just trying it out, uh, he loves to be with his church. And so he'll find you where you're at and I believe that he will bless you and that he will do something significant and new in your life this morning. And everybody said, amen. We're in a series called Psalmody. It's the story of song. And uh, one of the quotes that kind of drove us toward understanding what we're trying to see happen in the series is simply this. Words make you think a thought. Music makes you feel a feeling. Songs make you feel the thought. In other words, songs have the power to not just shape our thinking, but lead us to the high ground. We've realized that the songs we sing as a church, and I'm so grateful for a church that believes in the power of song, but we've realized the songs we sing are not just awesome in the moment. They're not just melodic. They're not just, uh, you know, amazing by nature of their lyrics. They hold in them the capacity, the power to move or, or shift us toward what I would call the high ground. I feel like God wants to move His church toward the high ground. This song that we sang today is called The Song of Ascent. It's known as Highlands or the Song of Ascent. It was written by Benjamin Hastings and Joel Houston of Hillsong United. And as they describe the song, they speak about how the song itself is trying to tell a story. The song is leading us on a progression of faith, if you like. It's taking us from this idea that, you know, even if we had to do what it takes to find God, we would, we would, we'd do everything it takes to find God. You know, it's like if I had to climb the highest mountain, if I have to scale the lowest valleys, God, I will, truth be told, if I have to, I'll do what it takes. I know I need you. It's the cry of the songwriter's heart to say, God, we'll go to great lengths, great depths to find you. And then he flips it on its head and he says, but you're not that hard to find. It's a powerful progression of faith and realizing the power of the gospel in that God came to find us. Now, in the Bible, the Psalms, the book of Psalms, has 15 Psalms, which are called the Psalms of Ascent or Songs of Ascent. Uh, some would call them the gradual Psalms. Why gradual? Because it's believed that as the people of God or the, the people of old, the Jerusalem people, the Israel people, should I say, as they would approach Jerusalem for a festival, they would come, and if you've been to Israel, you know, there's a, there's a kind of winding road that leads up toward Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem. And they would believe that these guys, God's people, would sing the 15 Psalms of Ascent. I believe it's Psalms 120 to 134, I think it is. And they would sing these Psalms in preparation for the festival that's about to take place. In other words, the Psalms would lead them to the moment well. It would prepare them for what God wants to do in and through that environment, which would be a festival of sorts and a celebration of sorts. And so there is this understanding that there are these psalms that lead us toward, there are these songs that, that draw us higher, if you like. Now, one thing I know is that we no longer ascend the hill to Jerusalem, which is in Israel. We have a higher Jerusalem, the Bible describes it, which is God's presence in His people. And so we no longer ascend a practical hill to a city known as Jerusalem. We are ascending in our spirits. We are arriving ready to receive what heaven has to give. Amen. Tap your neighbor and say, it's got good things for you. It's got good things for you. And so this is a song, I believe, that kind of takes us on a journey to understanding what God wants to do in us. That yes, we would do anything for Him, but it's really the power lies in realizing what He wants to do in us. 
Joel Houston, who wrote the song, says, the title Song of Ascent is an ode of praise that the singers are compelled to sing wherever they find themselves, even in the valley of death and through the shadows. And for, the, for me, he describes, that's what music has always been. That's what this song has always been. It's the place I go to when I can't figure things out. Anyone want to figure out what God has for them? Anyone know that we all go to that place from time to time? Well, I want to give you today what I believe is a progression of faith because this song is a journey. It's a progression of faith. And I really believe the song is so wordy. It's so poetic. It's so beautiful. I don't even want to like touch what it's trying to say. I think it'll speak to you as it needs to. But I want to touch on the kind of theme of it, which is this progression of faith. There is a movement toward what God has for us. There is a journey toward what God has for us. And I feel like I'm going to give us a framework today from Ephesians, what I've called the progression of faith, or if you like, the journey of grace. So three simple ideas that I'm going to share with you. Then we are going to pray, share communion, and we're going to go out there and celebrate with people being baptized today in this church. It's a great day for some people, and we can't wait to celebrate it with you. The first idea is sit, the second is walk, the third is stand. If you read the book of Ephesians, you see a very kind of clear uh, progression as to how the journey of faith works. The book of Ephesians was written by Paul and believed to be, for many, the holy grail of the gospel. It's kind of like it's the best summary of what God is doing in us, through us, and for the world. It's beautiful. And and so he describes it as the kind of holy grail. But it has a very beautiful progression in that it starts in this picture of being seated, and then it's walking, and then it's standing. And I really believe that Song of Ascent that we sang today, or Highlands, and Ephesians speak together to give us a framework for how we progress in the story of God or in the Christian faith. So write this down. The first one is sit. Life begins in rest. Life of faith begins in rest. Let me talk about this for a little bit. I love how the song says, Oh, how high would I climb mountains if the mountains were where you hide? Oh, how far I'd scale the valleys if you graced the other side. He's saying, God, I'll do whatever it takes. Oh, how long have I chased rivers from the lowly seas to where they rise against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply. It's beautiful. In the highlands and the heartache, you're neither more or less inclined. I would search and stop at nothing. He's going, I'd give it everything. And then he flips and he says, but you're just not that hard to find. You see, the progression of faith begins with us understanding that it's not about us finding God. The good news of the gospel is that it's about God finding us, which means you could be seated where you are, asking desperate questions, perhaps looking for clarity for business, perhaps wondering what to do next in your marriage. You can be seated where you are, and it's not about you doing five extra things to find God. It's about you sitting and resting in the fact that God comes to find you. You see, He finds us in the valleys and the mountaintops. Amen? God's good like that. But there is this story unfolding. I love it how Benjamin Hastings, who wrote the song, said, the beautiful thing about our God and about Jesus is that he came down the mountain and met us at our lowest point. Listen to this. He said, it's like a pilgrimage in reverse. So the pilgrimage of old is God's people would come up to Jerusalem to find what he had for his people for the next season. But the pilgrimage of news that we would rest where we are and that he would find us. The pilgrimage is reversed. Heaven came down. How many of you know that's good news today? Heaven came down, friends. Heaven finds you in your business. Heaven finds you in your marriage. Heaven finds you in your relationships. Heaven finds you in your friendships. Heaven finds you in this nation. The power of the gospel, the the Christian life begins. It starts in rest, in a posture of rest, sit. 
Listen to this in Ephesians 2. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up and raised us up. He's raising us. He's still raising us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Let me read that again. He raised us up and He made us go after things with big, bold faith and He made us serve with extreme intensity and He made us stress out to check out if we're doing okay. No, He made us sit. He made us sit. It is great honor to God when you're able to recognize he's the one who holds the blessing, not you. And a posture of being seated, seated is recognizing I know where the blessing comes from. It's recognizing it doesn't matter how much activity I create in my life, it doesn't restrict heaven's blessing for me. It's not about what I can do for God. It's about what God's done for me. It blesses God's heart when you recognize, God, you hold the keys to blessing, and so I'm in a posture of receiving. It's a gift that is given. Listen to this in verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest that anyone should boast. Last time I checked about a gift, someone's giving it, someone's receiving it. Can't be doing both. Otherwise, it's not a gift. And sometimes I think we busy ourselves so much to attract what we hope God wants to give, but actually it's to put ourselves in a posture of receiving, to make available ourselves to receive what He's trying to give. He's always giving out. It's just that we aren't always ready to receive, I believe. And I think one of the beautiful things of this song, it says, God, I would do whatever it takes to find you, but I've realized you're in the, in the, in the rhythm of finding us, and so I'm, I'm seated. I feel like there's a seating that needs to take place in this church. You know, in the story of creation, uh, six days of creation, all right, everything you see around you, sun, moon, stars, animals, sky, Belito, like special place in God's creation. And so he made this beautiful story, and, uh, and then he says on the sixth day, he makes... You and I, sixth day, like last thing. He like everything beautiful is already at play when we arrive, all right? And he puts us in the story of creation, and guess what happens next? Adam and Eve, obviously we know the story, they come together, there's the story of marriage, is beautiful. And then what happens? I take a rest. Ain't that the truth? Day seven, what's the next day after six, seven? What happens on day seven? God rests from the work that he's done. Guess what is the first day of Adam and Eve's reality on earth? Rest. We think that what we do is we work, 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 work. Let me see you. I changed it. Work, 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 work. <laughs> Some people are going, you're so lucky you changed the words at all. It would have gone down badly. But anyway, it's, it's like we think we do all this effort for God, and then he gives us permission to kick back and go, wow, you did so well this week. Awesome. Check out what you did this week. Well, and you worked really hard. You made me really proud. Like, listen, the story of creation is that God worked really hard, and we got to rest in his work. My friend Craig Clark says it so beautifully. He says, the power of rest is not in that we rest from work that we've done. It's that we rest for the work that's to come. You see, man was born into a day of rest. The starting point of faith is learning to rest in the fact that God has this worked out. 
You can't jump into a life lived by faith until you've learned to rest in the fact that God has this taken care of. Otherwise, you busy yourselves and it frustrates you because you feel like it's not working. But faith begins in a posture of rest. Man was born into a day of rest. We rest for what's to come, not for what's been done. It's powerful. I want to give this to you in an illustration uh, through my son, Joel. And uh, he goes to school, and uh, here, little link, it's awesome. And every single day, at about half past 10, 11, and school closes at 12, but at about half past 10, 11, we get a phone call to say he never made it. This is a picture typically of what we find every single day of our son. He just, he just never made it. Like he just, there was apparently, there was a, there's like a ring time, like they sing songs in the ring. And, and, and every single day, uh, my kind of sister-in-law, she says to me, he's singing and then he's sleeping. She says literally he falls asleep on his chair, rolls off the chair, and that's how we find him every single day. And then he goes home and he just stays like that. Friends, this, this, is, this is called fatigue. And if we're really honest, that's what most of you look like on Friday afternoons. <laughs> It's what you feel like on a Saturday morning, and it's the reason most of us struggle to get up on a Sunday. It's not that you don't love church. It's not that you aren't excited to be amongst God's people. It's that you're broken. You're fatigued. You're exhausted. And you need what you think is rest. This is fatigue. This is not resting what he's doing over there. This is he's blown. You understand? Now let me give you another picture this is, he's doing the same amounts of work. Did you check that? But he's in a very different scene. This is called faith. The first one was fatigue because he had spent himself and he had passed out. This one's called faith and what he's doing here is his first park run. He did five Ks, first five Ks he's ever done because he did it on dad's shoulders. I don't know if he'll ever get another top 10, I'll be honest. <laughs> joking, so joking. Honestly, they don't even, most people don't even know what I'm talking about. But what I love about this picture, friends, is Joel is exerting pretty much as much energy as he was in the first picture, but this one's taking him somewhere. And most of us talk about rest. When I say seated with God, we talk about it like we need a good sleep. And maybe you do. Any parents in the house? Please, Jesus, will I receive the gift of sleep tonight? You know? But I'm not talking about you need a good sleep. I'm talking about you need to know where you're sitting. You, you need to know how to position yourself. Joel, if he could learn one thing from this story, and I don't know if he will, he's too young, but one day he'll figure it out. He's at his best when dad's carrying him. And friends, you're at your best when your heavenly Father is carrying you. And most of us are trying to prove ourselves to Him, and we end up like Joel on the carpet. But when we just rest in the fact that He's already approved of us, we look like Joel on my shoulders. And we go into spaces we've never dreamed of, and our businesses start to open new opportunities. And you know what I love about it is you can't take the credit because you are resting on the shoulders of your heavenly Father. Most of us are so desperate to get credit for the work we do, and God is saying, just rest on my shoulders and let me prove myself to you. The church needs to rest. It's beautiful. Rest is a posture of knowing 
It's not about what I need to do to get to God, but rather what He did to get to me. The second thing I see in this song and in the progression of our faith is that we walk, sit, walk. Write this down. He is where you are. Whatever I walk through, the song says, wherever I am. Tap your neighbor and say, that's everywhere. That's everywhere. That's in the marriage moment. That's in the business transaction. That's in the stress of another child dilemma. He is where you are. We are the church. In a few moments, guess what's going to happen? The church is going to leave the building. And we're going to get out there and we're going to carry the presence of God into our spheres of influence. And He will be where you are. We walk with the presence of God. We don't walk hoping to achieve the presence of God. We walk with the presence of God. You see, a good friend of mine helped me understand the progression from sitting to walking is not a change of states. It's carrying the same state into the next thing. It's not like today we're excited and church is awesome. Yes, and tomorrow we're giving it our best shot in the business world and with our families and with our marriages. No, it's that we are seated with God. We are assured of what's to come because of who He is, not because of who we are. And we're seated and we're rested and we're excited and we receive it. And on Monday, we're still seated and we're rested and we're excited and we receive it. Except now we're doing the work we're called to do, but we're doing it in a posture of rest. Because we rest for the work to come. The power of the gospel is not that God empowers us once and expects us to work it all out. It's that he empowers us daily and works it out in us. How many of you are grateful for a God that shows up in your tomorrow? How many are grateful for a God that shows up in your Wednesday, hump day, all right? It's like we just made it to Wednesday and God is in the house and he's gonna strengthen you with wisdom and he's gonna clothe you with righteousness and he's gonna give you the gift of joy so that you walk into your weekend rested, not fatigued. I believe God wants to give his church rest, friends. And out of rest flows work. Work and rest are the same idea expressed in different environments. Ephesians 2 goes on to say, Not of your works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his, are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We walk from a place of rest. You see, we're wired, you and I are the same. We're wired in this world to respond to fear, all right? So what happens is we see danger and we respond. Fight or flight, you've heard the language. We're wired like that. You're not unique. You sense fear and you start to backtrack or you start to engage it aggressively. doesn't matter. There's different ways of dealing with it, but we're honest. When we sense danger or sense fear, whether it's true or not, our response is fight or flight, the challenge with living your life responding to fear like this is that when you give your life to Jesus, a new system takes over on the inside. And it's not out of fear, it's out of faith. And so we're no longer responding to situations, fight or flight. We're resting in the situations because we walk by faith. You see what I'm saying? Same situation, different spirit. And I feel like God wants to gift his church a walk by faith. Faith is a gift from God. You know that? Faith's not the work of humans. And I've got great faith, great faith for Monday. See how that goes. I've learned to say, God, I need your faith for this day. I need your faith in me for this moment. Because the truth is, mine runs dry like this. Faith is a gift from God. The word is pasties. All right? It speaks of a gift from 
God. God gifts us, not just with the grace we need for the day, but the faith we need to walk toward what he has for us. It's not that God blesses us with his presence and then expects us to live by faith. He gifts us daily with fresh faith. That's why Jesus said, faith as small as a mustard seed. Do you know the Greek word for walk is such a cool word? Don't write it down unless you can, but it says like this, peripatio. How cool is that? Bless the Greeks. Peripatio. I'm probably getting it wrong. That's why she's just grinning at me. But here's what it means, all right? It speaks of small, consistent steps. It even sounds like that. Sounds to me like, you know that like it's got a it's got a it's got a feel to it, it's got a sound to it. That's what the walk speaks about in Ephesians. It says, now that you know you're seated with Christ, walk it out. But don't walk it out like one big leap. God, I'm gonna get out there and prove myself to you. No, walk it out, just pitta 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 pitta. That's rest. Have you ever any runners in the house? Anyone think they're a runner? <laughs> I, I kind of did, right? And I was running the one day, and you know the story perhaps, and man, I thought I was gliding. I, I, was, I was like, I was out there. I had big strides. I was, I was on it. So I thought like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wreak havoc on this moment, you know? And I'm doing my thing, and there comes one of the bully runners from our area. He must have been like 65, and I'm, I'm gliding, I'm gliding. And there he comes, just straight past me, just straight past me, just like that. Have you ever seen that? Anyone ever had the embarrassing moment of realizing you're not as fast as you thought you were? And he's just pitta 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 pitta. It's just like he's 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 peripatio. He's walking the way we should walk our Christian faith. And honestly, he's going quickly. Most of us are trying to get fired up on Sunday. Dill, just fire me up. Just remind me what God wants to do. And then Monday you're like, Yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock the lights out this week. And then guess what happens? The lights knock you out. You know why? Because God hasn't called you to leap by faith. He's called you to walk by faith. He's called you to show up in your business. Show up in your marriage. I know it's hard. A little bit of faith. Show up in your business. Show up in society. Show up in South Africa. I know it's hard. A little bit of faith, a little bit of faith, a little bit of faith, a little bit of faith. God, I, I know what I'm trusting you for, but honestly, I've got enough faith just for today. So I'm just going to peripatio. Sit, rest. Walk, still rest. Small steps toward the outcomes of God. Eugene Peterson, I believe, wrote a book called Long Obedience in the Same Direction. I love it how Joseph Prince kind of worded this. He says, rest is not inactivity. It's directed activity. Rest is not inactivity. It's directed activity. And so we walk in rest. What do we walk with? We walk with the Spirit of God, stirring things in our hearts, and we just move toward it. God will never stir something in you that you aren't able to walk into by faith. And I've got to ask you a question this morning if I can. I just want to get personal with you as a family. What's God saying to you? What's God saying to you? Because I know He loves to speak. We just don't always want to hear He's speaking to us all the time. For some, it might just be something, a short word, a small thing in your marriage. I remember a few years back asking God, what are you trying to say to me for my marriage? He said, just keep buying her flowers. I thought, you know, there's got to be something bigger than that. Like, I mean, that's, that's easy. He said, well, then try it. 
You know, you always think like God's going to give you something so massive that the whole world's going to talk about your faith story. But most times the world isn't talking about our faith story. And that's not the point, friends. The point is that they talk about him and how he's faithful to those who just peripatia, peripatia, every day, just ready, willing. What's God saying to you? Don't worry about what he's saying to your friend. Don't worry about what they're doing. What's he saying to you? I love how Ephesians 5 summarizes the thought of walking by saying, walk as children of the light. Let the light shine in you. The third thing I see in the progression of faith and in this song is stand. Sit, walk, stand. It's the progression of faith. It's a journey to victory. Stand, and if you're writing down notes, write this down, and then stand again. I love how the song says, whatever I walk through, wherever I am, your name can move mountains wherever I am. Stand. Let's talk about standing for a little moment as we summarize and close today. You know the armor of God, Ephesians 6, you've probably been told to put it on before. Anyone try to put it on? Anyone walked out the door feeling like the armor's on only to, only to realize it's nowhere near you? You know, like, you know like those moments like, put on the breastplate of righteousness. You stare in the mirror. I'm putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Get out there, my boy. You're loved by God. Get out there. Do something special. And you walk out there, and then you don't seem so righteous when someone cuts you off in the, in the traffic. You're like, where the breastplate? Helmet of salvation. Oh, I love the helmet of salvation. We picture it. We put it on. Put on the helmet of salvation. Like, there it is, Ephesians 6, helmet of salvation. I'm not making light of the armor of God. I'm just telling you, it's not about us declaring the armor on us. It's about us surrendering to the armor that's in him. I want to show you this. You see, because we think if we can just put on the armor, we'll get out there. It's not about us putting on the armor, as so to speak. It's about us receiving his protection for the day. Standing is less about your effort and more about his grace. Helmet of salvation. God, I am a son. I am chosen. I am set apart. I know that I can't be, I can't lose my salvation. This, this is unbelievable. All right, get out there. Business, bad day in business. God, I don't even know why I'm here. Like, honestly, what a waste of time. Like, this is back into the room. You need the helmet of salvation back into business. I don't know, man. Maybe I should just quit. Can I preach to some people? Come on, church. Come on. Put on the armor of God is not about you getting out there and pleasing God. It's about you surrendering yourself to the already finished work of Christ. Ephesians 6 says, take up the whole armor of God. Receive the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, stand. You know this word stand. Let me help you with this for just a moment. This word stand is to establish yourself in the Lord. Establish yourself in the Lord. Surrender your ways to Him. Establish yourself in the Lord. Just now we're going to be baptizing people. The picture of baptizing, baptizing someone is them leaving the ways of themselves and establishing themselves in the ways of the Lord. They are putting on the armor and they're doing nothing but responding to the Spirit of God in their hearts. You see, standing for God is more about surrender than it is about our strength. It speaks about establishing yourself. It also, if you, if you look into the detail of the description of standing, it speaks about a, a horizontal posture. Like that, that for me means it's about worship. Standing is about surrendering. Man, if I could just put on the garments, belt of truth, you know, 
What about the shoes of the gospel? You know that one? Shoot, put on the boots of the gospel. People love that one. These boots are made for walking. We walk out the house. That's just what they do. One of these days, these boots, guess what happens? They're going to walk all over you because you think it's in your strength. <laughs> I was in, I'll close with a story. I, guess, I think you know what God's trying to say. Sit. Got to learn to rest, guys. Not sleep. Not pass out because of overactivity. But rest in a posture of knowing God has this covered. His grace is sufficient. His love is perfect. And I rest in that and I step into whatever my work day looks like. I'm not changing the state. I'm carrying it with me. And I step into Monday still in a posture of rest regardless of what comes. And into my marriage with a posture of rest regardless of what comes. And in that place, I stand. What is stand? It's surrender. It's let myself be established in God. It's not about me getting out there and fighting off the devil. It's about me surrendering in here and God fighting for me. I was in Pretoria uh, recently, and a good friend of mine, Rory Dye, was asked to close a meeting. And uh, you must know if you ask Rory Dye to close a meeting, something interesting is going to happen. And basically, they had prepared outside the church a river. And uh, the river was uh, like a, a small, like a big block, if you like. So as you leave the church doors, just picture our whole foyer turning into knee-deep water, all right? And they had prepared this moment so that when everyone left the celebration service, we would walk through this river. And so Rory Dye gets up, and he says, I just sense as, you know, we would be challenged to walk through this river and cross through the water. I just feel like God wants us to do it with our shoes on. You know, and, and when, he, when he first says it, you think, that's pretty cool. That's going to be awesome. And then he looks across to me, and I'm wearing a brand new pair of shoes, like brand new pair of shoes. And he looks at me, and he goes, those look like nice new shoes. Dill. Those are going through the river. So I go, yeah, no problem. I'm up for the journey. He looks at Tess. Tess wearing like some power shoes. I just brought it back from a trip that I'd been on. And she's wearing, he says, those too, Tess. And then he goes through the church a little bit, like just looks at a few people, is like, and those, and those, and those, and those, and honestly, I don't care what you're wearing, it's going through the water, and you can just check people starting to like, yes, yeah, so is he going to be watching us? If we take them off, is it going to be a problem? That's what it looks like when God wants to establish you in him. You start going, hey, if, he, if I leave some stuff behind, do you think he'll notice? If I, just, uh, if I just rock up on a Sunday, but on a Monday, I just don't operate the way he wanted, or, you know, is it cool if I just throw my, my wallet in the corner over there and just, you know, and honestly, friends, we want to stand for God. Standing is about victory. But the truth is, I don't even know if we fully surrendered to him. And surrender is where the stand lies. And so what Rory did to explain the thing is he kind of took a bottle of water and he just started pouring it over himself. <laughs> and he said, I'm a little bit wet now. And he said, you see, when God asks us to be baptized, or to stand in him, what he's inviting us into is full immersion. The word baptize is baptizo, is to be fully immersed. But if we're really honest, what we like to do is put the, the part of ourselves that we're not willing to go under with to the side. I need someone to hold this for me. Slevy, come hold this microphone. And you know what happens is um, God's inviting us to stand in victory, but the truth is we're still struggling with surrender. And so Rory says, 
I'm wet, but it's just a little bit. There's still parts of him that weren't. And he starts to describe how when people get baptized, they start looking for their wallets, their cell phones, their keys. They put it on the side. You know, take shoes off. Hook up a bit of board shorts. Put the board shorts on. Take a nice jeans off. And I'm, not, I'm not saying you have to do something today that isn't authentic. I'm not expecting you to wash your cell phone. But I do think there's an invitation for us to be baptized as our whole self. And then Rory, what he did was he took out the things that are precious to him. And he just said, you know, the reality is that unless this stuff gets wet, it's not holding any power. Just a little bit wet. It's not a big thing. And some of you need to get your wallets wet again. Get out there, armor of God. No, start by surrendering your wallet again. Some of you need to get your cell phones wet again. This thing's become so precious to you that God is nowhere. Mark and Kath are going on leave just now. And they're going to they're going to Sun City. A friend of them has given an opportunity to be up there and Long story short, but they can't access their car. It's locked in and they can't get it. So we've given them our car for however long. Just a little bit of water. Take it. This car is not meant to be my most prized possession. This wallet is not my most prized possession. This cell phone is not my most prized possession. This God is my most prized possession. And I'm gonna give you anything that gets in the way of this thing being all yours. You see, some of you are wondering why you can't stand, but you haven't chosen true surrender. And God just wants to get you up under that water again. And God just wants to get you nice and wet. And God wants to drench your life. Thank you, buddy. God wants to drench your life with His presence. This is just a little bit of water. But the blessing of heaven is saturating water. Saturating water. And He wants to get it over your marriage. You know, God, I'm going to get baptized today, but she doesn't understand, so I'm going to do it for myself and hopefully she figures it out. No, when you get baptized, you submit yourself to a new journey in marriage. And when you get baptized, you submit yourself and surrender yourself to a new story in parenting. And when you get baptized, and I'm not just talking about the water. I'm talking about every Sunday when you walk into church and you say, God, I'm coming under the presence of heaven again and I'm surrendering everything I have. I'm seated in heaven. I'm walking with purpose, but I'm surrendered in strength. And God wants you to... He wants you to see that maybe you're just a little bit wet and when heaven starts to pour, it's when the blessing's really gonna come. And when heaven starts to find your wallets and find your clothing and find your friendships and find your marriage, it's when the favor starts to pour from heaven. God wants to bless you. This is just a little bit of water. Stand with me this morning.